Welcome back to Breakthrough, Waking Up to the Real You. I am your host, Alejandra Vivanco. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is Sunday's Word, and today we're going to talk about a couple of parables, a couple of encounters that Jesus has. Remember to subscribe and share the podcast if you haven't already, and also make sure to follow me on Instagram. And make sure to check out the Bible app, the U version. I think that I have drawn a lot of good information from it. It's easy. It's convenient. And so if you are interested in reading the Bible, just go ahead and download that app. This is not sponsored. I'm just sharing how I got to begin to read the word more and more. And if you cannot read, you know, because you don't have time or because the, your phone is too small, they have a... Uh, you can press play and somebody will read the Bible to you. So let's go. Let's see. Here it says, The faith of the Canaanite woman. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus didn't answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. So let's talk about this one because I have another one too that I want to share with you today. So uh, the Canaanite woman was not a part of uh, of the, the, the same faith as, or religion as what Jesus was representing, yet she still was so desperate and she believed there was a, some part of her that believed that Jesus could save her daughter that she just had to go and plead her case she had to let him know hey I really do need your help but there are like I, I was reading about this and there's like stages of how she presents herself to him and even when you know, reading this, sometimes we may believe that Jesus was being mean, but in, in context, what I've researched is that he was being a little bit playful too. So first of all, this is a woman who is a mother and she puts her aside her beliefs for her daughter. And she puts aside whatever opinions she has because she wants to save her daughter. So she's going to do anything and everything that she can to save her because it's not about the woman and her beliefs it's about the daughter and the fact that she is demon possessed and so even the 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 disciples are not really paying attention to her because she, again she's not a part of the the sheep that Jesus is talking about yet everyone deserves this type of mercy right? God is for everybody. There is not a specific God for a specific population. So the disciples tell him, you know, just send her, send her away because she, she just keeps 
you know, crying and, and, you know, it's annoying. That's kind of like the underlying feeling. And um, he says the truth. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And then she again pleads with him, please, to help her. So she is humbly coming to Jesus for help. And again, he replies, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs, which kind of puts her in a lower level than just human as well. But it's a, some say it's banter and there are various definitions of dogs, but how she replies is amazing because she says, yes, it is Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She knows that she is, she does, it doesn't matter where she is put on the hierarchy, she just needs help and she deserves that help to some extent. And because of the faith and how consistent she was and insistent, Jesus decides to heal her daughter. And not only this, this act is for her, but it's for everybody who is present looking because at the end of the day, it's about showing people who Jesus is outside of the bounds of the sheep of Israel in, in this case. So the woman trusted her intuition and at the end she believed fully. So how many of us are going, have gone through or are willing to go on that journey that Regardless of what happens in our lives, we have to hold on to faith. That's why I believe that faith is the most, most important thing. And we've talked about this before. You can see miracles left and right, and still there will be some skepticism in you. So this story about the, the Canaanite woman shows to all of us that regardless of what life throws at us, we just keep being consistent and pray and ask. And if it's, in, it's aligned with God's will, then it will be done. Because sometimes we believe that we want certain things for ourselves, thinking that that is the best course of action. But God may say, no, that's not for you. I have something better for you. But you keep, you know, knocking on this door that it's right here in front of you, if you just walked over here, you would see a bigger door where I have better things for you, a different path. I'm not going to not give you suffering. Suffering is a part of life, but I can guarantee you that what you're going to get out of this experience is going to be much, much better and much more formative for your soul. So we can all learn from the Canaanite woman that she stopped thinking about herself and basically prayed and insisted that her daughter gets healed, is saved, regardless of belief. So let's continue. Then uh, Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah. So it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They reply, some say John the Baptist, 
others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So the gates of hell. The I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples to not tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So, what I've researched about this specifically, why Peter says you are the son of, uh, of the living God, is because Jesus, it, it is in the answer of what Jesus says, that this was not revealed to him, to, to Peter, just by his own imagination or his limited knowledge of what he had seen thus far, Jesus says that basically the Holy Spirit comes down and gives Peter the answer and tells him who Jesus really is. Remember, everybody else says, some say you're John the Baptist, some others say you're only a prophet, but Peter is the one who gets to really acknowledge the fact that Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God, the Trinity, a part of the Trinity. And so when Jesus recognizes that Peter has had a revelation, that's when he says, you are the one who's going to be in charge of the gates of heaven. And he hands them the keys. So whatever he forbids on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever he permits on earth, it will be permitted in heaven. That's the job of Peter, Peter at the gates of heaven. And he says that the, the, the church is going to be built on that rock, and the gates of, of hell will not overcome them. So sometimes we have issues with our faith, both of them are about uh, connecting to something bigger than us. And Peter was, there must have been something in Peter that was open, available, and honest, and pure, that he is the chosen one to have the, 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 the revelation by God so that he can say, tell Jesus that answer. And then Jesus recognized that, yes, that is a revelation, that it's not by the flesh, made on the flesh, by the flesh, but it's made in your spirit. So there's something special about Peter, hence why he gets that recognition and followed by him being given the keys to the gates of heaven. How many of us can believe that we can tap into that? Again, we go back to the basics. We go back to prayer, going to mass. I know it, it sounds so for some people, it may sound boring. I know that when I was younger, that sounded to me like bleh because my eyes were not set on God and to enter heaven. Because to me, those were a little bit of uh, myths or fantasies and people who 
who may refer to religion were really bad people. I'm not going to lie. And so I didn't want to follow that model. But now that I'm older, I understand that regardless of what other Catholics do, I'm going to keep my eyes on God because he is the only one who can allow me or deny me the entrance to heaven. And so if we pray, this is something great that I heard today watching a video. It's that to ask God to allow us to see the world through his eyes. Because remember, we have limited knowledge. And so sometimes our values, opinions, and judgments are what color our experience in the world. But if we take ourselves and put ourselves aside for a second, and then in our prayers throughout the day, we ask God, God, please grant me the sight you want me to have so I can look at the world like you want me to. Because I know that whatever you want it to be, it's the best course of action. It's the best for me. So we can learn if we truly believe in our hearts. It's not to just know it, to say, okay, let me just pray and see what happens. It's to truly believe in your heart like the Canaanite woman and to truly have an open heart like Peter that we're going to get a revelation sooner rather than later. How I live my life is every single second, I have to always bring God into my, my mind, into the picture, whether that's because I'm trying to stop some obsessive thinking or count uh, not very productive behavior in my mind, as in I, I just keep going over and over the same thing, or I am feeling lost and I try and I come up with scenarios that are not good for me. All of that, I, I, I push it aside now and I just pray. Pray, 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 pray. The two basic prayers are Father and Hail Mary. But obviously I do the creed and rosary in the morning and at night. Why? Because it takes me out of my mind, out of myself, out of my own limited knowledge so I can align myself with God, that's what God wants. But if we don't pray and come up with excuses, we're never going to be able to give God the space he needs to enter our lives properly. And so that we can walk with God until the end of time. So it's important for us to be honest and say, am I cultivating my faith truly in my heart? Do I have faith? Because if you say yes, you're going to get tested. And the test comes with chaos because they have to test your faith. So what are you leaning on when the chips are down? Again, this is Breakthrough, Waking Up to the Real You, Sunday's Word, and I'll see you next time. Bye.